studies. Brought to you by Carol Royce, Keller Williams Realty East Valley. Get more money selling your home. Go to higherprice.com. That's higherprice.com. Holy moly. Time for some social studies. And close to 9 o'clock. This is the first time we've almost hit social studies right on time in a very long time, Sarah. Yeah. What do you think the difference is? Why would that be? I broke on time. Oh, okay. <laughs> is that what it is? <laughs> Love it. We this didn't have Jared behind the glass signaling, signaling uh, feverishly for us to break and then chiming in with a comment on what yeah. we were talking about. Yeah. Hey, yeah. can you guys stop talking? It's my turn now. <laughs> and I'm going to talk for three more minutes and then we're going to break. All right. Yeah. That's, there you go. Yes. All right. Uh, let's, oh, and let's by the way, Jared studies. made sure before he left on vacation to cut a, a Cardinal song that nobody asked for. So there you go. So we got that. So we he got did. that. He do did. You, do you want another detail on that song? Sure. It's a duet. With Sarah Cazell. Look on Dan's face. Wow. (laughs) Uh, Don't worry, it's not good. Don't indulge him, Sarah. (laughs) You know what the funny thing is? When he asked me last week, I was like, oh, that'll be fun, that'll be funny. And then when it actually came time, I was like... I don't want them to hear me <laughs> shaking wow. in my boots. Don't worry. So when are we playing? We're playing that tomorrow? That is tomorrow. Yes. Okay. Yes. All right. Waiting till the end of the week so that you can stop premiere. out at the end. Yes. All right. Let's get into social studies. Uh, we are on Twitter at Bickley underscore Murata. Our personal uh, accounts are linked in the bio as well. Lauren, where do we find you on Twitter? You find me at Koval underscore Lauren. And Koval is oval with a K. So Ooh. very simple. Sounds very like you easy. have to explain that often. That yeah, is right? Lauren running the board for us in place of Jarrett Carlin, who is vacationing uh, for the next few days. All right, let's start with the Phoenix Suns. The big news in town is that Robert Sarver is officially out. Matt Ishbia is in. He and his brother, Justin, are partnering up to purchase more than 50% of the Suns and Mercury organization, uh, assuming that the Board of Governors approves this sale. So, guys, in three words, how will you remember the Robert Sarver era? Ooh. Three words? Three words. Take a crack at it, Vinny. I got nothing. Nothing? Nothing that I can say on the Is air. I got nothing <laughs> your three words? I got nothing. There, I'm sticking with that. I'm going to say, uh, okay, here's three words. Good rid ints. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's about the tone of our responses mm-hmm. as well. I'll uh, jump into quite a few of them here. Stink, stank, stunk. Oh, I like that. From Jimmy what? from Philly. That's right from the Grinch. Oh, is that right? Oh, yeah. That's oh, Dr. Seuss. That. Tremendous. Uh, squeaks when walks. Remember Greta Rogers? Oh, that's right. Said he's so tight with oh, his money. He right. squeaks when he walks. That's right. Uh, Justin Rosales submitted that one. Goats. Pooping everywhere. Ooh. <laughs> from Eric. Was, was that from Ryan McDonough? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Ryan McDonough's burner account. <laughs> yes. Squandered multiple titles. Chris submitted that one. There is that. This is a celebratory tone from AZ Sports Realtor. Baxter MFN Holmes. <laughs> the reporter who really set this all in motion uh-huh. with his report at this time last year. Uh, Bo Cephas says rear view mirror. Ooh, that's a good one. Scott says, who is that? <laughs> and then terrible, just terrible. Submitted by Mauti 480. Yeah, kind of a common theme there. Yep. I get it. Not a lot of people are terribly sad uh, <laughs> to see him go. <laughs> Let's get to the NFL now. Uh, Jalen Hurts leading the way 
in the MVP race with three weeks left. Although, I, I think we talked about this earlier in the week, Andy Reid was advocating for his quarterback in Kansas City, Patrick Mahomes, saying if he is not the MVP this year, I don't know what is wrong with this league. So of these four options, guys, who is your NFL MVP this season? Is it And is it locked in? Jalen Hurts, Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen, or other? Right now, I would give a slight, slight, slight edge to Jalen Hurts. Yeah, same. And I also see Andy Reid's point because Patrick Mahomes has won it before and has been a consistent performer at this level. There's that subconscious, you know, marking down. He gets marked down for it. He's a victim of his own success. Yes, he is. And we see that in other sports when guys are are consistent. It seems like MVP voters are looking for that next new guy. Now, people will say, well, that didn't happen the last two years with Aaron Rodgers. I get it. But you you can't deny that that's something that happens a lot in MVP voting. The Mm -hmm. next new guy to uh, ascend to that level usually gets the nod. Mm -hmm. Yeah. How about that, you, ben? That being said, I think by the end of the year, Patrick Mahomes will be the guy. Ooh, is, I, is that yeah, because Jalen hurts his shoulder? Yes. Or? I don't think he's going to play this week. Okay. Yeah, I think uh, I think Jalen Hurts is still going to win it because I think you know the Eagles have been such a breakthrough story this year. I, I think Joe Burrow is making a push. Uh, that's that's what it comes down to for me, and I think okay. Jalen Hurts is going to win it. Okay, so Josh Allen not in your top three? <sighs> Maybe, but but I think there's a big difference to me between Josh Allen and Jalen Hurts. Um, I I also think there there's a big story here too when you look at how many quarterbacks who are hurt right now. Yeah. Our quarterbacks who have gotten hurt running the football. Mm. Jalen Hurts ran the ball a bunch the, the previous game. Justin Fields has gotten hurt running the football. And, man, the Bills rely on Josh Allen to a point that would make me very uncomfortable if I was a Bills fan. Yeah. Kyler Murray got hurt running the football. Yeah. I mean, uh, different way, obviously. Yeah. but Yeah. See, this is why my philosophy for exercise has always been no running. Stay seated. <laughs> same. Big same. All right, Jalen Hurts running away with it. 60% of the vote right now for this year's NFL MVP. But it will be interesting to see if he is docked, if he misses any time with that shoulder sprain. Uh, 18% say Patrick Mahomes is this year's MVP. 15% are voting for Josh Allen. 7% said other. And Justin Jefferson, the Viking star wide receiver, was the most popular write-in vote. Um Let's see. Sandra Day O'Clobber. Love getting to read that on the air. He writes, as much as I really don't want to root for the Vikings, if Justin Jefferson can manage to achieve the near impossible and crack 2,000 yards in a single season, undoubtedly he gets my vote. Scotty Dean says, I think it's Mahomes. He is successful with less talent. He has no running attack. His top receiver is a tight end. Jalen Hurts has much better receivers and run game than Mahomes does. There's a point to be made there, too, and everybody thought, yeah. oh, Kansas City's well, offense is going to take a step uh, back without Terry Kill. Kill. Yeah, that's yep. true. Yeah. Yep. Joe Burrow got a couple write-in votes. Uh, Kyler Murray got a write-in vote. Raymond, I don't think that is going to happen for you no. this year. Was there any explanation for Raymond's rationale? Nope, but he tagged Kyler to make sure that he sees ah. the love. Oh, one of those guys. <laughs> Retweet me, bro! Retweet me! Do you remember when people used to tweet celebrities and say, hey, will you retweet me? Do you remember Yeah, I do remember that. What a weird time. Do you remember (laughs) Throwback Thursdays and Flashback Fridays? I sure do. Man, 
Man Crush Mondays. Taco Tuesdays. Taco Tuesdays. Those never went anywhere. Yeah, I was going to say, wait, is that still in the past? Uh, let's get to the NFL, or stay with the NFL, I should say. We learned this morning that overnight, the Pittsburgh Steelers' great Franco Harris died at age 72. Um, we don't know why, but his son just said he passed overnight to the Associated Press. He'll always be associated with the Immaculate Reception, uh, which we're celebrating the 50th anniversary of that this week, by the way. I think that's one of the more recognizable moments in NFL history. But what to you, open-ended question, is the most iconic moment in NFL history? It, It might be the Immaculate Reception. Because the early 70s when that happened, first of all, that was... That was Franco Harris's rookie season. The Steelers had not yet ascended. They were coming out of a period of just being a terrible franchise. And that was their first signature moment in a run in the 70s that that made them dominant. They didn't win the Super Bowl for a couple more years after that. Um, I mean, what else is up there? The helmet helmet catch? The helmet catch is up there. The Music City Miracle is up there. That amazing trick play. Um, I would say Santonio Holmes' catch in the end zone. The Dwight Clark, Joe Montana That's up there. The catch. Catch, Yeah, Yeah. that's probably top three as well. Um, Malcolm Butler's interception in the Super Bowl is up there. Mm -hmm. But I think think the catch, the 49ers catch, and the Immaculate Reception are probably one, two. Mm -hmm. But what I was going to say, too, that was also a very important time for the development of the NFL. The NFL was not on the pedestal in 1972 that it was now. Yeah. And I think that became such an iconic play. It helped the growth of the league. Here's what a dork I am. I, one day I was coming back from a locker room after covering a playoff game in San Francisco. I think it was a Bears 49ers game and it was really muddy and I walked through the end zone right where Dwight Clark caught the football and I w- just like walked through. I got up and I saw all this mud on my shoes and I'm like, I've got mud from Candlestick Park. How awesome so I like save those shoes in a bag until one day I realized you're such a dork. Throw those things out. Wait, that's that doesn't awesome, make though. it a piece of memorabilia. But yeah, I, I I dorked out on it. I don't think that's dorky. No, uh-huh. I probably would have put that because they really in a were just a pair of smelly muddy shoes. I mean, how many years after the catch though was it? Oh, it was yeah, it was probably a good decade. Hmm. You want okay, something depressing now though too. Yeah, Dwight Clark and Franco Harris are now both gone. Oh. Ooh. That is depressing. Two of the most Ooh. famous catches ever. If the, if those are the top two, and I don't disagree with you, mm-hmm. they're both gone. Oh. You know what they say, Vinny? Death is going to find us all. Except Gambo. Gambo's going to punch death in the mouth. Look, with M-Drive, I'm not going to die. <laughs> right? Major upset. Man defeats Mother Nature. <laughs> Father Time takes an L. Gambo knocks out the Grim Reaper. <laughs> No rematch scheduled. (laughs) That's hilarious. All of the responses, and there are so many good ones, are on our account. Again, at Bickley underscore Murata. A lot of love for the catch, the David Tyree helmet catch. Uh, The butt fumble, of course, with the New York Jets. How could we forget? The Whitney Houston National Anthem. Too many many to get to now, though, uh, with Mark Schlereth coming up. So see the trailer for the Whitney Houston movie coming out? I watched it last night. They they reenact that whole thing in the trailer, yeah. I can't wait. Thank you, Sarah. Talk about icon. I know. Thanks to everybody who uh, chimed in on social studies. As Sarah said, Mark Slareth, our weekly NFL guest, uh, will join us next. It's Pickley and Murata Mornings here on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader.
Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. NFL analyst Mark Schlereth talks football with Bickley and Murata. Brought to you by Earnhardt Ford and Chandler. Shop local. Shop EarnhardtFord.com. Every Wednesday, we get to talk NFL football with the one, the only, Mark Schlereth from NFL on Fox and also our sister station, 104.3 The Fan in Denver. Mark joins us now here on the Arizona Sports Line. Mark, good morning. Season's greetings to you, sir. Merry Christmas to you guys as well. It's always a pleasure to be with you. Yes. Uh, how many times since we la- or since uh, Sunday have you gone back and reviewed film of that epic Denver-Arizona tilt <laughs> from, from Sunday, Mark? Yeah, I uh, I dug deep, deep into that. Um, so I actually I actually did. You know, we were looking at uh, offensively why Brett Rippin runs the system better than uh, better than Russell Wilson, which is a you know, which is a far cry from when we signed Russell Wilson and thought uh, you know we were going straight to the playoffs. So uh, uh, anyhow, it uh, it's kind of a painful reality to watch that stuff go down. No doubt about it. So let's shift and talk about some of the crazy, wacky developments over the weekend. How about that play at the end of the Patriots Raiders game? What the may? How what was your reaction to that? My reaction was that. That is one of the stupidest things I've ever watched or witnessed. And then I thought to myself, isn't that the way that the Patriots have always won games in the past, basically letting the yes. other team do stupid things? Yep. You know, that's a, it's a Bill Belichick mantra is, uh, you know, more games are lost than won, so let's not us be the idiots. And all of a sudden, they're the idiots, which um, absolutely blows me away because you just don't see the Patriots you know, not understanding the situation and, and losing a ball game because of it. It's the, it's them that always forces their opponents into stupid mistakes like that. I think it's the dumbest in-the-moment decision ever in the history of the NFL. And we had fun with it here, too, because, you know, Chandler Jones obviously moved on from Arizona, Mark, and, and went to Las Vegas, got the big contract. He's not had a good year. He's been under a lot of scrutiny. But for him to be the hero, and if you go back and watch the play, after he missed the tackle on Stevenson, he basically laid down at the 45-yard line, took forever to get back up, and then just happened to be in a place where nobody should have thrown the ball, and he gets to be the hero on it. Yeah, yeah. Had he been chasing the ball, he would have actually not made a play. And um, anyhow, uh, I guess I guess that's the proof that sometimes just being lazy pays off. So there you go. Yes. Yes, it does. All right. So the Vikings had themselves quite a comeback that came right when people were starting to go, yep, see, the Vikings are collapsing like we all thought they would. Do you buy what the Vikings did? Does it, is that the kind of victory that might actually lift them to a different level? Um, yeah, you know, they've been, they've been good. They've been close. They're like... They have won games not because they're a dominant team or because they're better than everybody else. They've won team. They've won games by situationally being aware and 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 not making you know major gaps and you know staying in close games and and so they've been able to do that. And obviously they they have a quarterback that's playing really well and they have a wide receiver that uh, you know that is that is phenomenal. So they've got really good players, but. Yeah, with that said, um, that's one of those things that certainly can propel you. You know, you can look at it at, at the tail of two halves. 
you can coach up all the mistakes and the bad things you did in the first half, and then you know, and then really revel in what you were able to accomplish in the second half of that game. And I, I tell you what, it's it was an amazing comeback. I got to sit there as we were prepping our game. We had Atlanta, New Orleans, and just sit in that meeting room and watch that whole thing unfold. It, it was just absolutely remarkable. The, yeah. the great, I mean, it's hard to believe the greatest comeback in NFL history. Right there, you yeah. got to witness it. Yeah, it was unbelievable. Uh, and for uh, I was one of those guys, Mark, that saw the halftime score. I didn't turn the TV on immediately. I saw the halftime score thirty three nothing. I said, I'm not watching football today, and I paid for it in the end because I, I missed the whole thing. I had to go back and watch it later yeah. on. Uh, Mark Schlereth, our weekly NFL guest, he joins us here on uh, Wednesdays on the Arizona Sports Line. Uh, going back to the Arizona Cardinals and uh, a touch of the Broncos, and and you said something that kind of jarred this thought in my head. You asked the question, why does Brett Rippon run the system better than Russell Wilson. That's kind of the echoing of something we heard here in Arizona when Kyler Murray got hurt the first time. Why does Colt McCoy run the system better than than Kyler Murray? But it also uh, made me harken back to last week we talked to one of your coworkers at at the fan in Denver, uh, Nate Jackson. And he talked about the very, very lax feel from uh, the Broncos in terms of preparation for the season, how they handled training camp. It wasn't physical. Uh, there wasn't a lot of hitting. They didn't play anybody in the preseason. And I said, wow, that sounds exactly like we're going, th- what we went through in Arizona. Uh, and, and I mean, you went through camps that were very physical and very taxing. How much has that dropped off, and how much do you think that is a factor when you see seasons like the Broncos and Cardinals have had? Yeah, I think there's, I think there's always, um, you know, there's always a delicate balance between, you know, how physical can you be during practice versus how much rest is needed, and all those things. And uh, you know, I think every team is a little bit different based upon, you know, the players you have, how much experience they have, and all those things. But I think with the bad teams, you see it on a consistent basis where, you know, you watch a team that, that has a, a, a design. Maybe it's, um, you know, maybe it's a crack on the end of the line of scrimmage where a, a wide receiver is supposed to pin the defensive end. And, you know, that wide receiver is there, he's in position, and he goes to do it. And, like, the speed the defensive end is playing with is, is far more than the speed the wide receiver is playing with. And I always look back to things like that, and then the whole play gets blown up, and it's a minus three, and you're like, what happened? Mm-hmm. Did they not practice? Of course they practiced it. But they practice it at a speed that doesn't happen in the game. It happens so much faster in the game, and you get shell-shocked. And, you know, my my whole thought process as a player, and, and we did it here in Denver under Mike Shanahan, and we weren't in pads. But we did it at a speed with which the game seems slower than practice. Mm. And you can you can eliminate the only thing you really eliminate is the big time you know eight yard collisions with your if you're pulling on a trap or something. But the bottom line is at the line of scrimmage you can actually play faster and just as physical without pads on if you know how to do it. And I always go back to a scrimmage we had against Carolina Panthers in Greeley, Colorado, and it was a it was just a helmets with the little foam shoulder pads on. And we just whipped their ass. I mean, whipped up and down the football field. And I'll never forget, everybody coming off the field, our guys were like, man, they don't know how to practice without pads on. And their guys were going, man, they don't know how to practice without pads on, right? (laughs) It's the two different perspectives. You've got to learn how to practice at a speed 
that is not only comparable to the game, but it's faster than the game without beating the snot out of one another. And and that's a like I said, it's a delicate balance, but it can be done. The teams that know how to do it get effective practices. The teams that don't, you know, have a patty cake practice, and it and it's reflective in the game because you miss. You know, you miss the nuanced blocks. You miss wow. things because you're not prepared to do it. That is such a great point because so many football coaches, including our own in Arizona, seem to get fooled. Oh, we've had great practices all week. Well, no, you haven't. Right. Yeah. Yeah. You, you've had you've had walk through tempo practices. And listen, like there's a lot of things that you know. It's it's the nuanced aspect of the game that gets lost. And when you lose the nuance, you're going to lose the game. Um, and, and, you know, we talk about, you know, you talk about Colt McCoy or I talk about Brett Rippon. It's your ability to hit the third step or the fifth step in your drop, and your route combination is right there in front of you, and you see that first guy open, and you just take it. You know, somebody told me this about, about Tom Brady. The thing that amazed, amazed them about Tom Brady is that he never gets bored doing the boring. Right, and I think that, I, I just think it's an incredible point, right? Hey, if the first read, if I'm running curl flat, which is a first day installation, every team in the league runs curl flat, right? If I'm running curl flat and the flat is open for a six yard gain or a five yard gain, if it's open, Tom Brady takes it 100 percent of the time. He doesn't go, well, I don't like that five-yard gain. Let me see if a curl comes open late, and then all of a sudden you get pressure because, you know, you're throwing it on a three-step drop, and your offensive lineman gets beat because he gets beat because he's being aggressive, and now all of a sudden you're at, at second down and 14, and now you're going to punt. And and the point being is that, you know, if you can stay in front of the chains, man, the whole playbook is open to your play yeah. caller to call. The guys who keep you on schedule, the guys who do the boring, are the guys that you really want to operate your, your team from a quarterback position. The guys who play off schedule all the time, they make some incredible plays, and it's exciting, man. It's And when it works and you win a game, man, and you win it on a 50-yard bomb, the D-hop, and it's great, and everybody celebrates. But the bottom line is, for every one of those you win you lose four games because you don't know what you're doing yeah yeah great point great point mark great stuff as always thank you so much merry christmas to you and your family and we'll talk again likewise you guys too man take care Uh, you too mark uh, schlereth nfl on fox 104.3 the fan in denver he joins us on wednesdays to talk nfl football i want to remind you you can text your thoughts at any time during the show or during the day to the FanDuel text line at 620 620 right now coming up next it's wednesday we got our wild card uh, segment and that wild card today a little round of ask us anything the holiday edition us Anything. Anything. <laughs> Not a mustache. It's next. It's Pickley and Murata mornings here on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Time to take a look at the Arizona Sports poll question. Brought to you by Sanderson Ford. The best play is at Sanderson Ford. Welcome on back to Bickley Emirata Mornings here on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Final half hour of the show. We're going to our website, ArizonaSports.com, for our daily poll question. Dan Bickley and Vince Murata. Yes. Let's give out some grades. What grade do you give for Matt Ishbia's purchase of the Suns? A, B, C, D, or F? Basically, how do you like him as a new owner? Based on what I know, it would have to be A. 
It would have to be. I would but rather it, but, give but, it... But our, it, but our, our information is very limited right yes, now. Absolutely. But based on what we know, it would be an A. I would like to give more uh, grade to this question, actually. <laughs> an F to the question? <laughs> an F to the question and an A to the answer? Can we get an F in the chat? Yeah. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> I agree with Bickley's uh, synopsis completely. Based on what we know, based on what you're coming from, it's an A. Yes. yes. And now that his name is really out in the public sphere, now is the time that stuff about him, if there is stuff about him, is going to come out. Oh, it's yeah. always once the name gets out there. Yes. So, um, I don't know if Sarver's cousins voted on this or what the deal is. 47% of our voters give this a D. Oh, come on. 33% an F. Wow. Come People on. are not pleased come on. with Matt Ishbia, whom none of us knew about until yesterday. Oh, come on. Did they get a bad rate on their mortgage? From- <laughs> <laughs> this house is way too expensive. 11% give the uh, new owner an A, 7% a B, 3% a C. I'm not going to put too much stock into that one. Yeah, but again, you know, professors and teachers don't give grades before the class starts. It's after the whole term is over. True. Thank you, Sarah. That is today's Sanderson Ford poll question. You can vote on it right now on the homepage at ArizonaSports.com. I don't think we have any production for this. No. Nope. Okay. Segment. Let's just roll in. <laughs> oh, Let's do it. <laughs> Let's sit in silence for 11 minutes. This is our new segment on Wednesdays, Meditation Wednesdays. <laughs> Led by Vince Morata. Can you imagine meditation led by Vince Morata? Hey, can you find some music, Lauren? Just any any music to play under us? Thank you. While you do that, yeah, girl. It's Ask Me Anything Wednesday. We got the drums, Dan Bickley. We got Vince on vocals. <laughs> I'm your hype girl, Sarah Cazell. Your hype girl. Hype us up, girl. Yes. It's what I do. All right. It is Ask Me Anything Wednesday. We, uh, we've we done this quite a few times, I would say. We put out on Twitter, at Bickley underscore Murata, questions, anything you want to ask of us. Doesn't mean we're going to answer you, it, but we could. We will read your question silently and decide if we want to answer it. So right. let's start off with this very fun question from Sports Kebab Fan Club. Okay. All right, guys. The Phoenix Suns win the title. What are your parade ideas? What's the route? What are they riding on? Is there any entertainment along oh, the route? It, it, Create the parade for yeah, us. Yeah, okay. The convoy will be all of Devin Booker's classic muscle cars. Ooh. That. That's good. That's a sexy Thank idea you. right there. Parade route would have to go down central. I don't know. There's so much construction down there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so you yeah. I had heard in the summer of 2021... When the Suns went up 2 nothing, there were behind-the-scenes rumblings and concerns over where the parade route was going to be because there was so much downtown construction at the time. Nothing has changed. Yeah, <laughs> and here we are. <laughs> Brutal. Okay, who's yeah, the listen, entertainment? I, you know, I, I love the idea of the light rail, but man, is that just jacked up driving around, driving through downtown in Tempe. Oh, yeah. Uh, the entertainment made yes. up of all iconic Arizona bands. So whiskey's quicker. Definitely. There we go. Yeah. I like it. A little Jimmy E. World. Some of black course. moods. Some Jim Blossoms. Mm-hmm. Linda Ronstadt. Yeah. <laughs> when I think NBA title, I, I do puppets. think. Cool. <laughs> Tremendous. I love that. All right. Let's get to Jimmy Dean's question. Hey, what's the original? The Jimmy Dean? The Jimmy Dean, yes. 
What is the original context of Jamal uh, Crawford? Jamal Crawford? From James Jones. Uh, Jamal Crawford, Vinny and I were doing a radio show, I don't know how many years it was uh, ago, but right before our interview with James Jones, we got a tip that Jamal Crawford was in the building. It was right at the beginning of the season. Right, right at the beginning of the season. And so the person who gave us the tip is very, very reliable and and said, make sure you ask James Jones about that. So we went in with this bit of information uh, flying just cold, and we just asked him about it, and it was quite clearly the last question James Jones expected to field. <laughs> Jamal Crawford? Oh. Yeah. Oh, sorry. The, the, the phone. Um. <laughs> Listen, and I've got massive respect for James Jones. That will never not be funny. And massive uh, respect for Jamal Crawford, yeah, too, him to this too. day. Him, too. 100%. Yeah. 50 points in his last game as a Phoenix Sun. In his King last of the game crossover, of the NBA. man. Yeah. The father Amazing. of the crossover. Amazing. All right, let's get to this one from Mary Rollins. <laughs> she says, for those of us who are struggling to get into the Christmas spirit, What's the best way to get that jump started? (laughs) You're asking me? (laughs) Come on, Mary. We kind of know each other a little bit. (laughs) Is it... Is it a song? Is it baking something? Is it driving around and looking at lights? How do we get into the, the lights? Spirit? The lights work. I think uh, if you need to jumpstart your Christmas spirit, um, I I told you that I had been struggling with it for a lot of different reasons. I've got two kids in college now, and and the magic of Christmas is when you've got a house full of youngins. That's the magic, uh-huh. right? So uh, so we all go through that phase when it it has to disappear and dissipate because it's no longer the same deal. I just started watching this Disney cartoon version of A Christmas Carol, and I pulled in right at the end of it when Ebenezer Scrooge sees the light, right? And mm-hmm. after sees the ghost of Christmas past, present, and future. And so it was just, you know, it was old town London back in the day, and I just started to get all verklempt, all Aww. just, yeah. Because I, I haven't had any of it all, all season. Yeah. It's just been gone. Yeah. And for, yeah, for so me, a Christmas movie... Go Christmas caroling. How about that? Ooh. Anybody, anybody do that anymore? Well, Jarrett and I are going to carol y'all tomorrow. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. no uh, for me, it's the lights. Yeah. Definitely the lights and subjecting my kids to uh, sit down and watch uh, Adam Sandler's Eight Crazy Nights with me. <laughs> That's tremendous. Mary, don't feel bad. I, too, have struggled to get into the Christmas spirit. And I'm, I had a I'm little glass. this weekend. I had a little glass of eggnog yesterday. Ooh. Yeah. Look at me. Check out. Some bean nog later. <laughs> Some bean nog. <laughs> okay, on that note, Justin Prestigard asks, what is the most extravagant holiday gift that you've ever received? Extravagant. Yeah, and I guess you can define that however you choose. It doesn't have to be the priciest. <clears throat> the biggest. The best. Yeah, a few years ago, uh, my wife got me a beautiful Gibson... Les Paul gold top guitar that is uh, yeah best gift I've ever gotten. Wow, I, that I is, played it ever since. That is pretty good. Yeah. I'm still waiting for one of those uh, outside the the palatial estate moments that we see on the car commercials, <laughs> where my supermodel wife takes me out there and after I give her a puppy, she gives me yeah. an eighty thousand dollar automobile <laughs> with a red from bow. You? Yeah, that's really relatable. Yeah. I got it? this yeah. for you. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. I made this horrible financial choice. But I, but I wanted the blue them. one. Oh. Never mind. 
I haven't buy seen that commercial one because yet. it's the worst commercial ever made. <laughs> it's terrible. Yeah, it's so that bad. That woman did trigger a lot of people. Oh yeah. Uh, the one I always go back to is eighth grade. Uh, I, I I got a new bike, ten uh, speed bike that I didn't expect at all, and that my my uh, my dad successfully hid from me. Wow. And then kind of planted it that was in a place that wasn't under the tree. So I was completely shocked. Aww. How about you, Sarah? What's the best you've had? The best gift. Okay, my parents, when I was still in college, gifted me two tickets to the college football national championship game when it was here in Glendale, the Cam Newton, Auburn, and Oregon game. Wow. I got to go to that with my brother, and that was such a special moment. That was really cool. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, very yeah. cool. Yeah. One last question. From Chris, or excuse me, from Richard. Hey, did Jarrett Carlin get fired? <laughs> <laughs> Richard, not yet. Not, not yet. yet. <laughs> do we need to break or do we have time for one more? Go ahead. We can Go do ahead. whatever we want. Jarrett's, not, Jarrett's yeah. not here feverishly sign, That's true. signaling for us to break. Keep so. the music going, Lauren. Don't worry about it. Okay, Dan Bickley, this is a great question from Mason. After one of your Bickley blasts. Yeah. What is the biggest or harshest response you've received from the party you blasted? Um, I, I don't I don't have anything recent or relevant, but I, I have certainly, like any other columnist or opinion writer, uh, has had my share of confrontations. The most famous was a confrontation I had with Randy Johnson when I was a member of the mm. Chicago media, and he was a member of the Seattle Mariners. And I wrote a column, uh, a scathing column about Randy based on his quotes on Michael Jordan and Sports Illustrated. And he came up to me in the visitor's locker room and he pulled up my tie. And so he was just trying to find out who this Dan Bickley guy was. Ooh. So he was going media member by media member through the visitor locker room. And seeing Randy in a state of incandescent rage, kind of frightening. Wow. You know the most shocking part about all of that? Bickley wearing a tie. Yes. <laughs> yes. How about it? No kidding. Wow. There might have been horrifying. blue jeans with that tie, though. I might have been that lame, too. Uh, that's all right. I'm not sure. That's New right. balances. Keep it cash. <laughs> Round out the look. Keep it cash. Thank you, right. Sarah. Thanks, Thanks for everybody who submitted questions yes. for Ask Us Anything. Uh, final thoughts and a story that just won't go away. But we'll revisit it next here on Bickley and Murata Mornings on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Weekly and Murata. Song of the Day. Now this will do it. This will get you some Christmas spirit. Yeah, this one's going out to Mary who's having trouble getting into the Christmas spirit. Bick's hand-picked favorite Christmas carol. Yes. Carol of the Bells. Apparently from the Home Alone soundtrack is this version. <laughs> is that right? <laughs> Arranged by the one and only John Williams. What makes this your favorite Christmas carol? I don't know. It's very ethereal. It's very uplifting. Especially when the bells come in, the ding yeah. dong. You can sing Ding Fries Are Done along to it. <laughs> you can do the Saturday Night Live version from way back in the day. Leave me alone, I'm doing fine. Please go away. <laughs> there it is. Carol of the Bells, today's song of the day. Bickley and Murata going off the grid. Off the grid.
Brought to you by Sweet James Accident Attorneys. If you've been hurt in an accident, call Sweet James at 800-500-5200 or sweetjames.com. little daily dose of Vinny Joe trivia for you on this uh, Wednesday. The 2022 Los Angeles Rams not only have uh, tied the record for the most losses by a defending Super Bowl champion um, with 10, and they're, they're going to beat the record, let's be honest, but they're also only the third Super Bowl champion, defending Super Bowl champion, to have to use four different starting quarterbacks. They've had that this year. They've used Matthew Stafford, John Wolford, Bryce Perkins, and Baker Mayfield. The second team to do it was the 1987 New York Giants, but there's an asterisk by it mm-hmm. because that was the strike year where they used replacement players. So you had Phil Simms, Jeff Rutledge, Jim Crochikia, and Mike Bush. That doesn't count, though. Okay. The only other defending Super Bowl champion to have to use four different starting quarterbacks the next year is the 1986 Bears. Bears. Chicago Bears. The Bears. Your, your question is, can you name the four starting quarterbacks they used in the 86 season? E, uh, I can give it a shot. Steve Walsh. No. Doug Flutie. Doug Flutie's one. Jim McMahon. Jim McMahon is one. Your first guest, you had the first name right. Mike Tomzak. Mike Tomzak is three. Let's go. And now you're just missing the Steve. I'm, I'm missing a Steve. Yeah. Why can't I think of who that Steve was? He was uh, also, if, sorry, if memory no serves, I think he was in the Super Bowl shuffle the previous year. That's not Steve Fuller? Steve Fuller. You said, Steve, you said Steve Walsh. Oh, my bad. Is that four? Yeah, it's four. four. Dan Bickley! Woo! Vic knows his Chicago trivia. I'm so glad uh, I could be the emotional support during this game for you. Thank Way you. to go, Vic! I yeah. added a lot. Could have done it without you, Ruthless. <laughs> the story that won't go away is Patrick Peterson, Kyler Murray. It popped up again because Patrick Peterson was on the Pat McAfee show. And uh, the crew, McAfee himself, asked Patrick Peterson about this whole uh, the, the comments that we all know. Kyler Murray doesn't care about anybody but Kyler Murray, and that's a matter of fact. No. Will you? I mean, yeah. I mean, I mean, if we ever get on the call, yeah, we, we can talk. I don't have no beef with Kyler. I would love to talk with Kyler. That's my guy. Okay. More from Patrick Peterson? I would love to talk to Kyler. Like I said in my, pre- my, my conference, I don't have no beef with him. I just want to help him understand, you know, the flaws that everyone else is, is seeing that can help him help his team become better because his team is looking at him for that leadership role. And that's all I was saying, to help sharpen up on his leadership skills, on how his teammates are going to perceive him and what they look at him for. That's He's all. had time to devise these answers. Now, that's not all what he was saying in the original comments on his own no. podcast. Kyler Murray diagnosed it completely. You can't drag me to grow your podcast. That's all he was doing. Patrick Peterson, man, he's had a resurgent year with a good team in Minnesota, mm-hmm. but he is coming off as a giant phony right now. Did he? Uh, you did don't he... want anything to do with the development of Kyler Murray. No, 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 no. If you really did care, you would actually pick up the phone yeah. and call. But yeah. no, you're bringing out into the public. Yes. Well, I had, I had actually heard him say about a week ago that he did reach out to Kyler to clarify his comments, and Kyler wasn't having it. Hmm. Kyler sees through it. Yeah, right. Yeah, I respect right. that. And yeah. I say good yeah. for Kyler. Right. Yep. 
Why, why am I catching strays? Yeah. You go keep talking in circles. I'm going to be over here. Yeah. I haven't heard uh, Patrick Peterson rip Mac Jones for his same demeanor on the field. Ripping Matt Patricia. Why is that? Because they weren't teammates? Fair point. Stop talking about it, Patrick. Stop asking about it. Patrick Ooh, Peterson about, about it. That's even better. Talking. See this story? The um, Jaguars beat the Cowboys. I don't know. Somebody on the show predicted that. Yeah, that would have been you, Vinny. <laughs> yeah. But you? as a thank you me? to the Jacksonville oh, Jaguars, uh-huh. the Philadelphia Eagles called um, a Philly cheesesteak place in Jacksonville called Philly's Finest. Jeff Harris was the is the owner of that place. He got a call for uh, an order of 35 cheesesteaks and 25 large fries to be delivered to Jaguars coach Doug Peterson as a thank you. Oh, that's fabulous. Thanks for helping us out, you know, helping us build our cushion over the Cowboys. Yeah. So they sent over 35 cheesesteaks and 25. I don't know. There's 53 guys on a roster. Right. And a, about 15 coaches. Was that all? For, did Doug Peterson eat all of those? Jared, how do you feel about cheesesteaks? Jared, what do you oh. think about Oh. 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 <laughs> uh, I was, you did a marvelous job, Lauren. I got there you did. There you go. Marvelous job. Encore tomorrow. Marvelous job. Yeah, girl. Man, do I love food. <laughs> it's a little late. Better late than never. I'll echo the sentiments. Uh, Lauren Koval on the board today. Thank yeah. you. for Good job, Lauren. A rising star. Flawless, yeah. Uh, thanks also to John Wilner, Al McCoy, Mark Schlereth for joining us. We will be back tomorrow for our final pre-Christmas show. Bright and early at 6 a.m. Don't go anywhere. Wolf and Luke up next here on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Have a great day, everybody.